Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. August 19th, 2020. John Stamos. More Witch Trials. My Sharona, by the Knack, and Meg Drank a Fly. This is awesome today. Awesome today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it and have an awesome today. Would you? Hello. Good day, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. Are I'm good. you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, when I said ma'am, I also imagined somebody saying "milady." Oh, good. Which reminded me, it took me down a whole journey. It reminded me the other day, I was thinking, we, we ought to start introducing a word every day that we absolutely hate. Ooh, that sounds like something you'd love. I'm going to introduce one today. Okay. I dislike milady. I feel <laughs> like it's a real doucher of a word. Uh-huh. But what I hate even more, I mean, I loathe this word, and it's often paired or near milady is me thinks. <laughs> Somebody says that, like my my shoulder muscles twitch. I just want to jab them in the throat. I hate it. I don't want to hear it. Get it out of here. <laughs> Stupid word. Well, I feel unprepared now. I mean, I have to think about you don't have to. You don't have to bring the mood down like I am. Yeah. I'm just saying that's that was a process. I just went through to a conversation I had with myself the other day. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, to, I like to get angry with myself. Like, not at me, but like Just, me and myself team up in anger at someone else. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how you stay in your your constant stasis of mood of, what is it? Stoic indifference. Stoic indifference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, except you can't be indifferent if you're angry. So maybe with, like you well, flip it a little. Stoic indifference can lock arms with... Uh, teetering on the edge of aggro. Yes. Because you got to be able to go either way fast. You've held it back as things have ebbed and flowed. So whichever way triggers, you've got to be ready to accelerate to catch up with the momentum that you had allowed to flow by. 
This went real Enneagram five real fast. You, but you, <laughs> you saw me in your mind as I said all that. I didn't did. You? Yep, yeah. I sure did. All right. Well, here we are. It's hot in here again today. It's hot. I we can control the temperature in our house. It's I, too late. We can't get up now. The recording has started, as far as we know. Yesterday, the camera decided the episode was over before it was. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yep. All right. What day are we on? Are um, we? We're what? at the bottom of the notes. Yeah. Let me scroll. It's August the... That's a lot of notes. Uh, August the 19th, dang it. Right. 2020. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, John Stamos. Uncle Jesse. Right? Yeah. Whatever happened to that beautiful man? Where'd he's, he go? Oh, he's around. He's, he's not acting, though, is he? Oh. Or is he in soaps or something? I, I mean, watch. I think he does the occasional thing, nothing serious, but he's he's pretty big on the social medias, which you're not on, so... He was he was a heartthrob in the day. Yeah. I mean, you probably still think he's I mean, some thing. people would say he still some is. Some people named Meg. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. You know what? If my competition is him, I feel like the odds of of that conflict ever occurring uh-huh. or like we're out at dinner and he rolls in and he's like, Meg, I've been looking for you. I heard your voice. Uh-huh. Yes. And I've been listening to this podcast and trying to find you. It's yeah. you, isn't it? And then yeah. it'd be the end of our marriage. You would no longer be a Catholic in good standing. Yeah. It's not worth it. Also, I have been recognized in public by my voice alone, which is unnerving. Well, it wasn't John Stamos though. That's probably a lot less unnerving than when a porn star gets recognized in public. <laughs> That's true. It is true. On that note, allow better. your mind to run with uh-huh. that. Yes. Um, yeah, we didn't. We didn't really prep much for this. It's been a, a hectic day. Yep. Would you like to take the first? I would one? love to take the first one because let's go back to the witch trials of yesteryear. Of yesterday. Me thinks. <laughs> Punch myself. I was gonna I was gonna ask if you hated the word yesteryear. I feel like people who say yesteryear also would say me thinks. Yeah, that and people who spell old with an E on the end and say the word shoppy instead of shop. Yes. All of those things now they're not all exactly of the same era, but it's a path back to uh-huh. the satanic roots of me thinks. Oh. So in sixteen ninety-two. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday, of course, we were talking about the Pendle Witch Trials in England, 1692 in our country, or what was to become our country, five witches executed in the Salem Witch Trials. Now, lots of us learned about those famous, infamous, infamous might be the better word, uh, witch trials in Salem, Mass, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. That is, in fact, how you said it the first time. (laughs) Yesterday, I caught it in editing, and I was like, yep. Uh, I grew up one, saying Massachusetts. One of the, one of the so, twins teach you how to say yeah, this. exactly. Sounds about like where they'd go. So, yeah. So, again, witch trials are a thing, both here in our country and abroad. Definitely examples of mass hysteria. Could be other things going on. Uh, we read a book a couple of months ago. Now I can't remember the name of it because my memory is terrible. The book about uh, the shift away, like in college campuses. Coddling of the American Mind. Yes, Coddling of the American Mind. And they have like a whole chapter on the witch trial effect and phenomenon. Um, so anyway, 
in the case of Salem, uh, the population was described as being fractious already, having a lot of internal disputes about property lines and grazing lines and church privileges. And so, you know, these things can often explode in these situations where we do have a sort of mass hysteria that I would, breaks out. I would propose okay. that if you examined the mass hysterical moments of history, mm -hmm. that there is certainly a, a, a group that is hysterical mm. in their behavior. Yeah. They're not in the leadership typically, right. or at least the authentic hysteria right. is not within the leadership, that the leadership is savvy. Yes. That they are inciting and promoting the hysteria because, as this alludes to, these disputes about property lines, grazing yes. lines, church privileges, which would have been authority in yes. these communities. <clears throat> there's a there's a political and or wealth move being made by people during these. Now, I don't want to go eyeball deep into this, mm -hmm. but I will say right now we're experiencing a it's, it's a new form, okay. our country, mm -hmm. a new form of mass hysteria. Okay. Listen to the news for five minutes a day and you'll be right in there with yeah, them. Yeah, it's true. And I don't, I don't know that it's possible in the moment. It's not like we, we live inside the Beltway in D.C. <laughs> you know, I don't know how possible it is in the moment to identify who exactly it is that's Right. That's churning the machine and what exactly it is that they're going after. Mm -hmm. But I feel very confident in saying I believe that there are players in control that are helping keep a very high level of agitation alive. Higher than, than I would assume is justified yeah. because they are after something. Well, and Not least of which could be distraction from mm. some of the real issues around right. the election right now? Very, very highly possible. Yes. And it reminds me, so have you ever read the Crucible Arthur Miller's play from the 19, I want to say 1950s, If 60s? I read it, I retained a very fractional piece of that knowledge. Okay, so Arthur Miller wrote the Crucible, which is about the Salem witch trials in the era having looking back on McCarthyism of the 50s, the anti-red scare. Mm -hmm. And McCarthyism, uh, the name comes from Senator Joseph McCarthy, was exactly that. It was a political uh, agenda, a political move to, quote unquote, root out the commie threat. Of course, this is in really peak uh, Cold War years, for right. sure. And <clears throat> well, the so, threat's real. That's going to come up later. Oh, dang, is it? I didn't even know. Maybe. Okay. So anyway, um, yes, the whole idea of the witch trials. And I I would guess, now, this is it's kind of thin ice for Catholics to admit this, but if you even look back at things like the Inquisition in those years, where yes. you've got the church and yes. there's the political component. Now, I have studied this I, quite a bit. I know, yes. Do you want me to ramble a little? Go for it. I'll, it it's not a long ramble. Okay. It's a short ramble. I've yeah. looked. I've looked, um, and it's you have to push a little bit. Anytime you research anything, you have to push a little bit to get past the stories and yeah. get to the history. Okay. Because, yeah, right? There's far more stories than there are true history out there. Yeah. 
the way that the that the church and the state were intertwined mm-hmm. during those times was difficult. And it was honestly all the way back to Rome, right after Christianity or during the time that Christianity was legalized and Constantine the Great was coming into rule. Well, at that, at that time, Christianity was beginning a divide because Rome, which had been the world seat, mm-hmm. was on the decline. Mm-hmm. Constantinople was becoming the new Rome, the new cultural center of that world. Right. And the the clergy within Constantinople were like, hey, let's we need to move mm-hmm. the seat of the papacy here. And of course they wanted that because that would have made the bishop there the new pope. And yeah. there was a little bit of jockeying going on in there. So it goes all the way back to then, that type of stuff going on. Uh, but in specificity to the Inquisition, it seemed like, from what I read, that secular government was wanting to use the Inquisition for purposes of going after wealth and land and things. And quite often, one nobleman would accuse another. Uh-huh. And the church stepped in to try to establish at least, it was going to happen one way or the other. So mm-hmm. the church stepped in, one, to try to be involved and have some modicum of authority, two, to establish some some practices and guidelines for how it worked to keep it from going completely off the rails. Yeah, That's, as a whole, yeah. how the church behaved. Now, were there some bad actors Yes, Mm -hmm. there always will be in every organization. And there were a few. And if you bother to follow through on the history, those that were found and it was confirmed, they were dealt with. It wasn't something approved or a blind eye turned towards. Okay. Um, You got me all spun up on that. Now I can't remember what was our kickoff point. Well, just the the, a lot of times when you have a sort of rooting out of people, yes, 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 whether you know whatever context that is, that there's more often than not a political or a selfish, a greedy, like there's an ulterior motive. motive, uh, Ultimately, is what I'm trying to say. Um, It's rarely just like the pure thing of like, oh no, there's witches amongst us, right? (laughs) Right. So and and the good. Schemers, I think the uh, I think today's narcotics industry is structured around how they did it back then because quite often the accusers, mm. the wit- the primary witnesses that would come forward would be, you know, a teenage girl or a nine yeah. year old boy or something. Yeah. So yeah. it could be a dad or an uncle or somebody else who was like, hey, oh, definitely, yeah, promote that to get hands on a neighbor's land or something. Right? Yeah, exactly. So. Anyway, golly, those yeah. witch trials, they'll, they'll get you. Only awesome in the fact that they're not so awesome. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Here's something that is awesome. Okay. 1979, and I don't remember it, like me hearing it come out at this time, but I do remember in the 80s hearing this song on Casey Kasem's oh, yes. Top 100 or whatever he played, My Sharona by The Knack. Today it hit number one on the charts. It stayed there for 42 days. That's an earwormy song that you're not quite upset that it is stuck in your ear. My, 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 my Sharona. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's, a little, it's a little racy. Is it? Yeah. Wow. If you listen to the lyrics. I don't know if I've ever paid attention to the lyrics. I have to listen later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll make a date of it. <laughs> 
All right. You want that or do you want me to take you it? You take this. Okay. I'm probably going to mispronounce this. The This is 2014. It's practically yesterday. The RLC, A-R-A-L. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that's RLC. Mm -hmm. You've never heard of it, have you? Never heard of it. Well, doesn't matter now because it's gone. It's gone. How does a C get gone? Indeed. It disappeared. Well. It got disappeared. It did get disappeared. The C was located between Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan. Okay. It was once the fourth largest lake in the world. It had like thousands of islands in it. Oh my it gosh. was massive. It was 26,300 square miles. Massive. It began declining in the 1960s mm. after the uh, Russians, or I'm sorry, the rivers that, that fed into this lake were diverted by the Soviet powers that be for irrigation projects. You mm -hmm. can't trust the Russians. The red threat was real. <laughs> you were right. And so was Senator McCarthy. Indeed. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Nobody ever appreciates genius while it's alive. <laughs> uh, are you going to... You You're welcome to. Yeah. I thought you would want to say well, something along those lines. I think we can reflect on the fact that in Mother Russia, you don't go to the sea, you bring the sea to you. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. I've been pestering you about something. You have. And I'm glad. You didn't pester enough because I wanted you to remind me this morning. And I forgot and to you remind forgot. you. Don't... You sent me a different thing and I was like, no, wait, the first thing's unfulfilled. <laughs> it's true. I've been pestering you to listen to um, the chapter on many mm -hmm. from You Are a Badass. And you had asked me to remind you. And then this morning I was like, hey, I'm on Laura's podcast and things to tell you today. Right. If you want to listen to that, and you're like, wait, I'm still. Yeah. <laughs> The other, the things, there's too many. I'd like to I cannot doubly listen. Yes. Uh, but Can so, I throw out a, a thing here? Yes, please. You have been reading this book, listening to this book for several days now. Like a couple at weeks? At least a week, yeah, at least. And you have, we've mentioned it most days. Now, I started to listen to it, and I just couldn't get in the flow yeah. with it. But if your recommendation alone wasn't enough yeah. to get people interested in this. Mm -hmm. Chapter 24, Money, Your New Best Friend. I listened to that. I listened to it twice today. Twice in one day? Yeah. Okay. This chapter, the book is worth, the price of the book is worth it for this chapter alone. Okay. This and is a strong recommendation. You don't even like is. things and you liked this thing. I I liked it because it set me back on my heels a little bit and mm. challenged some things that I had just, I didn't even realize I was holding to be true. And this is a huge theme that we, we talk about frequently here is how often, and I know it's a part of the rest of the theme in her book, how often do we find ourselves believing something and we don't know why other than it's just what we believe. It's what yes. somebody else told me. I've right. never looked for myself. Right. It's so true. We, that's really the basis in, a, in the opening chapter. She really dwells on this, that we all have these subconscious beliefs that have been programmed into us and program. It's it, fair. It's, it's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that that more often than not, we don't even realize right. in the heat of the moment when we're trying to make a decision, we do not realize that that programming from years ago is what is informing yes. our decisions that, and that is why this matters yeah because your actions are shaped by what you believe not what you say you believe mm -hmm. not what you think you believe but what you really 
truly believe. So as she started throwing some stuff out, I was like, oh, damn, I that is deep down. That is an underlying current of thought that exists within me. That isn't a good or healthy thing. In fact, the opposite is true. Thank you. I, do you see why I, I don't like to, I really don't like to ping you to remind you or ask you, like, did you listen to this? But, well, I asked you to this time. Yeah. I, I feel so validated that it spoke you to you as much as it spoke let's, to me. Let's break this down a little bit. Okay. You, you don't read my notes. You cover what you want and I'll interrupt you periodically and apologize for interrupting you then. Well, I, I like that you said it set you back on your heels because it definitely did for me too, because she opens the chapter by telling a story about how when she was starting out in business for herself and was trying to create a business um, on her own and she lived in Los Angeles and they were having some terrible weather or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she was driving this beater of a car. Yeah. It was literally falling apart. Yeah. Like you only drove it because you had to get somewhere. Yes. But otherwise you'd rather walk. And it could barely get you somewhere. Yeah. And so she realized, okay, the time is now. I finally am going to have to buy a new car. And so she knew she should probably get something practical and responsible that she could afford. But And she knew that why? Because that's what you do when you go make a major purchase. You but why is that what you do? Um, because I that's what is done when it comes to money. You because that's the belief that's been drilled into us since yes. practically infancy. You make the response. I don't know how many times I want a Jeep so bad. Mm -hmm. I want, I've wanted a Jeep for decades. Yeah. And every time it comes up in conversation and one of the kids says, are you going to get a Jeep? I'm like, you know, it's not really a practical choice. You, you are the one that says that. Yeah. Like I've never been like, don't get a Jeep. Because I've stuff. been conditioned. Yes. It's true. And so she had been conditioned like there's, I'll just get the, the most practical new car that I can afford to get. But on a whim, she went into, uh, was it an Audi dealership? Or yes. Volvo? Audi? Okay. Yes. And just for fun, because she had a whole slog of test driving practical cars ahead of her. She test drove an Audi, I'm guessing sort of like a sporty fun car. And it was a luxury car. I, I don't know which model. She, I think yeah. she says. She names it. It didn't mean anything to me because I'm not a car person. It was it was decadence. Yes. Comparatively. Yes. And so, you know, the salesman's treating her like a regular client and like talking to her about all the features and the this and the that. And then on the inside, she was like, oh, I can't. I'm not really here to right. buy this car. I'm just having fun. And so then she goes and it goes over to the Honda dealership and drive, you know, does a test drive with a perfectly reasonable car in this situation. Her decision like goes on for weeks and weeks and she's back and forth and she's actually going back to different dealerships and, and driving all of these cars. And she just cannot shake the fact that like the, that she knows and she like did a pro con list, you know, Oh yeah. Pro con pro and, but, she was tremendously analytical. Yes. On paper, she needed to get the Honda, but her heart told her, if you're going to be the kind of person who has this big, expansive business and, you know, like truly is tuned into your higher self, mm -hmm. you are limiting yourself in a sense by saying, I'm going to get the practical car I can afford. I feel like I'm not telling this exactly right, but ultimately, ultimately she gets the Audi, the expensive yes. car, the decadent car. I liked as she's as she's running through that. Um, and let me skim my notes here. Yeah. Um, 
she she'd made the statement she was in love with yes. this car. Yes. And that purchasing it should have freaked her out mm-hmm. over the idea of having to, you know, I've got to make payments. I've got to afford this. Yes. Um, but she went home and slept like a baby yeah. that night. Um, and she, she decided as she woke and thought about it, she decided in her words, it was time to get over her shit and become the person that could afford the car. Yes, exactly. Rather than just continuing to be the person that doesn't try, that doesn't believe they deserve yeah. all of that. And remarkably, right after she bought it, she came up with the whole idea and executed the idea of how to pay it off. Yes, very quickly. Yeah, yes. not just like, uh, uh, now I'm strapped down with these car payments forever, but she like, it just came to her like, okay, now I've bought the car and here's how I'm going to pay it off instead of making payments like I would have on this Honda for years and years. So tell me, tell all of us rather. Yeah. But tell me because I'm the one staring at you. <laughs> Explain this concept of energy. Oh gosh. As as well as you can. Okay. I know that's a lot to ask, but okay. I will fire you if you don't get it right. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I have to actually close my eyes to think about how, where to start with this. The idea of energy recognizes the fact that everything that is created from the chairs we're sitting in to you and I as humans and everything in between has energy on a cellular level, on a molecular level. And that when that, that all of us have um, a capacity to, to allow our energy to ascend upward and to connect with, now she calls it um, source energy, but she recognizes early in the book that it's God that it is mm-hmm. and some people might call it the universe or, you know, have different names because God has a lot of baggage for a lot of people. And so she calls it source energy, but that all of us as humans have the capacity and have an inward urge, a pure and inward urge to move upward in our energy to best connect with God or the universe. Mm-hmm. However, many of us go through life with these limiting beliefs that we are not cognizant of that keep us chained down and keep our energy circling around the toilet instead of ascending upward to where it can be. Does that track so far? Yeah. And so there's a lot, you know, different parts of this community of belief. We'll talk about things like how to, how to, um, you know, increase your vibrations, how to vibrate positively, those types of things. There's a lot of woo-woo language around it, which for some people may land and other people may be a turnoff, but the universal truth holds. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. A lot of what I am reading, I see reflected in Ignatian spirituality, mm-hmm. where it talks about the importance of like gratitude and how gratitude brings us closer to God. Well, and it's the same in this community of belief is that a huge part of elevating your energy is the practice of gratitude is is believing that everything that we have is already here everything right. we need i mean to say everything that we need everything that we desire is already here and it's already available to us and so this is where the energy component comes in is that you are cognizant about releasing the the attachments to the limiting beliefs that are keeping you in this negative energy mm-hmm. in your life and that that frees you then to um, to explore in the expansiveness that's available to us. Oh, I feel like Thank I you. hope that Thank was you. good. Yeah. So to dovetail then Yeah. it's it's back to this concept of wealth abundance versus scarcity that we talked about. 
um, prior episodes. Oh my! There was a fly in there, and I oh, drank it and I spit it out. Delicious. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna have to probably edit. That. No, no, that's that going was so bad. I hate press. it. Wow. I hate it. I knew as soon as I took a sip, I knew it was happening. Uh, this is a bad decision. Uh, <laughs> no, it was when I hit my tongue. Yeah. Man, that's on me. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Energy. Yes. Okay. Yes. Abundance, scarcity, all of that. This concept that every, and wealth idea, the concept is that everything is available and there. Yes. Um, and it's just a matter of taking, participating, bringing yourself to that. Um, and then in this chapter, she says money yes. is energy. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting because money is everywhere. Yep. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But not always in our bank account. Not right. always in our pocket, but it's there and it's there to be had. And she even makes the point that like money itself, like if there was a hundred dollar bill laying on this table, it's literally just a piece of paper. Right. But that we have, there's an energy around the mm -hmm. physicality of that hundred dollar bill. She said money, making money rather, isn't only about making money. It's about who you become what you do with that money, mm -hmm. what you make of yourself with it, ultimately from the perspective yeah. of you giving the best that you have to give yes. back to yes, the world. Exactly. And that's pretty powerful. It's hugely powerful because, and she talks about, she's very upfront about the fact that money uncovers a lot of stuff for mm -hmm. so many people. And that many of us have incorporated along the way these thoughts about money, wanting money, that's greedy. You know, if you're a religious person, maybe even you're, if you think that if you want to make money, earn money, have money, that that's sinful, that it right. is, that it's a, leading you on the path away from God, that, you know, that it is the root of evil. Although the Bible does not say that money is the root of evil. Right. It's, it's the love of things. Yes. The love of stuff. Exactly. Above God. Right. Above service. A disordered attachment is what Ignatian right. spirituality would call it. But if you're using that thing, that, that whatever, the item or the money, mm -hmm. that specific energy, if you're using it to give the best that you have to give, yep. that's a pretty interesting concept. Mm -hmm. um, she goes on, and feel free to shut this down if you'd rather go a different direction mm -hmm. than where I'm walking that's with things. Yeah. Um, I just jotted down the notes that, that stuck out to me. 
Um, she asked, are, are we scared to admit that we like money? Mm -hmm. I mean, and we are. Yes. Um, we have a lot of conflicting feelings around money that are only as weird as our feelings typically are about religion and about sex. Mm -hmm. And if we had the right perspective that these three things should be the leading causes of joy in our lives rather than their practice. Well, religion is, you know, no, no religion, no politics. Right. Sex is taboo. Mm -hmm. It's we've taken three things that should be joy bringing. Right. And we've managed to mess them all up. Right. Totally. Yes. She goes on to talk about our relationship with... Oh, this is so strong. Yeah, with money mm -hmm. as an entity. And I loved it because she does this also with time. And I've talked about how impactful that was to me, that if you are so disrespectful of time and you're constantly misusing it, mishandling it, then time is eventually not going to show up for you in the way that you want or need for it to anymore. Same with money. Same. I loved, too, how she personified it. Yes. She said you have a relationship and treat it, think about another person. Treat mm -hmm. it like you would a relationship with a person. You pay attention to it. You want it. You nurture it. You, you give effort, respect. You cherish it. You love it. Mm -hmm. Not unhealthy because you can love a person in an unhealthy way. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I know I'm the kind of person I I want to put my fingers in my ears and be like, la, 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 it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And that is such a blocker of relationships. So, of course, I have a messed up, tangled up relationship with money. Right. Because I just don't even want to pay attention right. to it. Yeah. I think she walked through as well and, and spoke it uh, as a former perspective, a former way of life for her. Mm -hmm. She said, don't be poverty proud. Right. Yes. Acting poor. Um this to me reeks of the same weirdness behind false humility mm -hmm. yes. where somebody, you know, Oh no, no, they just can't, can't, that's something I've had to work on that. That's not real humility, right? Real humility is very different than that. Right. Um, so acting, acting poor, to hate money? Well, yeah. It's there's the belief that there's like a some kind of nobility. Yes. Yeah. In in being poor and being and not. Yeah. In that. Right. It's celebrating that almost. Well, not almost. I think as a crutch and an, and an excuse, out of one fear to go after, because we're ashamed to admit that we we like want and love money because money is an energy and treated right. Well, you shouldn't be afraid to love that because, it again, it, it allows you to be the better you that you can give back. And you may have this further down in your notes, but she talks about so many being like switching your mindset side, mindset, and having a paradigm shift to seeing money as simply a tool yes. that allows you to bring to fulfillment all kinds of goodness for the universe, for the people around you, for the organizations around you, and that... Part of the reason some of us have blocks about money is because we recognize, even on a subconscious level, that with money comes responsibility and that we may True. not want to take up that responsibility to yep. use it as the tool that it is. And so 
we're not sitting here saying that it is bad to be poor. Many of us find ourselves in circumstances of being really financially strapped. Um, but to want to cling there for some kind of misplaced mm-hmm. morality mm-hmm. is different. Well, from, from the perspective, you can probably appreciate this too. Now, I'm going to speak from the perspective of an introverted person. Okay. But I, you, have, you and I have discussed many times in the past your energy. Yeah. Not even making, obviously, we didn't know this stuff to make the connection. Right. For, I can go, I can do this, this podcast. I can go to, I can force myself into an awkward social thing. I can do all that. It exhausts me mm-hmm. because it costs me energy yes. to do it. Yes. You have a bucket of energy as well that you can give. That's true of everyone, regardless of personality type. It's just experienced differently. Yes. And I think that may be subconsciously where some of the fear is. Mm. And and so kind of holding yourself down accidentally by embracing wrong attitudes, wrong beliefs, is oh. because you don't know if you got it in you to give that much. Because once you got the money, that energy, you're obligated to give your best. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is so true. Yeah. I can see that for me. Mm. I can see that for me because I only... Mm-hmm. I can only do it in shotgun bursts. Just, yeah. ah, and then I got to go recover. That is a very good insight. Um, I loved this statement. Playing small, meaning these wrong perspectives, playing small cheats us and all those who we might enrich. Yeah. That's pretty bold, too. Yeah, it does. That there's yeah. plenty of money around, and making more doesn't take it away from someone else. It's not a zero-sum exactly. game from this energy perspective. Even from the physical perspective, we're never going to run out of paper dollars. We yes. just print more. Yeah. Or create more digitally or whatever. Right, exactly. Um, she talks about the fact that having bad feelings or icky feelings, um, embarrassed feelings about money, it's all of it's a waste of time. That greedy people, greedy's gonna greedy. That's right. Greedy people are gonna hate. They're gonna hate. Yep. And greedy people. I can't people... do that very well. I can't put that street <laughs> funk on it. I'm more of a country boy. Yes. Well, that sounded a little country too. A little. Well, so there's country <laughs> haters, believe me. The greedy people do greedy things. Greed itself, avarice. This is a sin for sure, but you right. can be dirt poor and be greedy. Dang right. And hoard your resources and hoard what you have. I've been guilty of that. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, but. I'm not like, yeah, you have. Yeah, I got a list over here. Let's get it out. I've been hoping you'd say something. Top drawer, the credenza. (laughs) We don't have a credenza. (laughs) But it isn't many's fault that people act greedy, you know? Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, She encourages that, and, and she has an exercise for this. Yes. She encourages that you really get clear with yourself about where you're at with your money. Yeah. Um, and she goes through like some example statements of, you know, money won't come to me or it won't stick around mm-hmm. if it does, mm-hmm. that I hate dealing with it. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to handle it if I had it. Man, so many of the statements in there that she ran through in a hurry were just like, Dad, come, right? Did you grow up in my guest room, you jackass? How'd you know? But I then know. on the heels of, of revealing, of really admitting the truth of those statements, Mm -hmm. then you walk through this process of exposing your drama with money and dismantling it with the truth. Right. 
Yes. And she's real big on this. Earlier in the book, she has you sit down and do this about just like some of your limiting beliefs about yourself and who you are. So she's really big on really forcing you to come to terms, like all of the stuff that's clicking away in the background, like bringing it out into the open, shining a light on it, dealing with it so that you can release those attachments. I liked this statement. I liked it because... I disagreed with it. I have disagreed with it my whole life. And it's it's both scary and a little bit exciting to think about. Okay. Um, because I do believe, and I certainly can be proven wrong, and I can change and be a bad person, but I do believe that I'm a, a generous and giving and caring person, even if it feels abrasive as it's happening sometimes. <laughs> You're aggressively my, loving. My heart is good. Yeah. It, it really is. is. It is. She said, spend money lavishly on yourself, the people you love and the causes you believe in. Yes. These things. Do that. And she beautifully paints this picture of, of, I think it was a professional musician who will go buy the crazy ass purple glitter boots and and all the things. That's lavish expenditure, but it's not just for that artist and their image. It's for you. That's what we're lining up to buy tickets to see or getting, you know, however it is we get a hold of our music digitally. That's what, that's them giving us their best. What a great gift. You bet. Spend that money lavishly to give lavishly. Exactly. And to, to be grateful for it too. Yeah. The other day I took AJ to Hobby Lobby. She's been so bored and so down and just is struggling with the quarantine but she wants to do crafts. She mm-hmm. loves to do things. So I spent a not small amount of money to get her some uh, kind of re-up her craft supplies. And whereas in the past, I would feel like really tense, like shoulders up really tense, like, oh my gosh. I genuinely, as we were leaving Hobby Lobby, I genuinely was like, I am so thankful that we had the money yeah. to be able to go into Hobby Lobby and get her this because for a little bit of time, those little projects will bring her some joy. Yeah. So, yep. I loved the statement, um, and I've lost my place in the notes here. Hang on. Hmm. We need money, Um, and we need, and think about it from the perspective of energy. We need that energy in order to reach the fullest expression of ourselves. Right, yeah. And none of this is an excuse to go behave selfishly. Right, exactly. All of this is a perspective of using this tool, using this energy to to be the best you can be, to give the best that you have to others. Absolutely. It, she doesn't say this exactly, but to me, the image that comes to mind is that it allows you in the purpose, the goal is to be a conduit. Mm-hmm. The money is there and it's all around us. And so if we are able to tap into that and we become a conduit, it flows through us. We receive it and it flows through us outward to be able to, like you said, give generously and lavishly to ourselves, to others, to our family, to organizations. Organizations are dependent on the energy that money brings so that they can do the work they're meant to do in the world. Or scam you. Either way. Well. Either way. Yes. It isn't greedy. Right. To want and pursue the things that make us the best version of ourselves. Right. And that's so true. That's so true. 
but it, and it's true because it it's the best version of ourselves for both ourselves and for everyone. And here's a simple example. We've been laughing about the fact that it took you until you turned 45 years old to get a decent pair of flip-flops. Yeah. But think about for yourself as you leave the house and you have on flip-flops that genuinely, they feel good, they mm-hmm. make you feel good as you are wearing them. That that right there kind of ascends your energy upward so that yeah. then as you're out and about in town, you're a little bit of a better person with everyone that you yes. interact with. Yes. Look, can I ramble a little? Yeah, go for it. So when I left coaching, a job where 99% of the time you spent half the day in a pair of uh, chinos and a, and a three-button shirt, mm-hmm. and then the other half of the day in workout gear. Yeah. I don't believe I owned a suit. I'm, I owned a sports coat. Yes. Not even a good blue blaze. I had to completely learn... Yeah. business attire mm-hmm. when I left there. Not knowing what to do other than I needed a bunch of suits yes. because I was going into financial services. I found whatever borderline bootleg suit retailing place, I won't say their name, they were famous for running deals of five or six six suits for the price of one. And yeah. Insanity, and you bet, I did it. And then had some mild tailoring done. They were made of horrible material. Mm -hmm. They, they didn't, the tailoring wasn't great either. Horrible material. They were uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, They didn't fit right. They chafing, just a bad deal. And now that wasn't the cause by any means. There was a dark stretch there at the beginning of this profession. Well, yes. And the suits weren't the cause, but the suits sure as hell didn't help my no. demeanor in any way, shape, or form. It's true. And when I left there, uh, another another company had wooed me away with all nice incentives and good things. And I, I had been in the process when this was going on, but certainly after the, the transition began, I swapped out the wardrobe and I spent the money, mm-hmm. shoes and suits and impeccable tailoring and wonderful material. And I felt like a different human when I walked out of the house, when I walked through the office. I truly, I wasn't caught up in all of the distractions of the less than ideal thing. Right. So that. I was fully present and participating with whoever I was interacting with. And that's a perfect example of that. As That's how you are vibrating at a higher frequency. You were a better advisor at the second firm because of this, the whole picture coming together. You believed you were a better advisor because you were dressed like a better advisor. I was, I was dressed better. Yeah. Because I certainly don't, you know, I office at home and I don't yeah. get up and well, go put on a suit every day. But what I wear increasingly, because I've had to develop this side of the wardrobe a little bit, yeah. is comfortable right. and quality yeah. and fits right. right. Um, I just, just this summer added to that mix. I think this is the first time ever mm-hmm. that I've had a handful of, of pairs of shorts that fit well and yes. very comfortable same with the the flip-flops you mentioned. It's not what most people would think of as traditional financial advisor garb, but it's appropriate for my business right now. I don't go to client appointments no. wearing this. It's appropriate for the day-to-day of my business. 
and it's quality and it's comfortable. And so I'm not, I don't have anything that's taking energy from me. So yes. I have the full pool to give. Yes, that's the perfect way to say it. Exactly. Just saved a lot of words and just said that. Well, it took a while. It took a while. Sometimes it was a long you have walk. To hike through the woods yeah. to find the the witch trials. It was a long walk that we got here. Yeah. Okay. Um. Blah blah blah. Hang on. She goes. She goes on, and I I stopped keeping notes at this point because I was just already over, overwhelmed yeah. with a lot of thoughts. Um, but she, she started then in this process of adjusting yourself towards the right mm -hmm. perspective. And she'd said, charge what you are worth. Mm -hmm. And that's something that hit me directly. Mm -hmm. I don't always. Yeah. I do with, this is funny, I do with the people that I believe have the money to pay what mm -hmm. I'm worth. And I have no problem charging somebody that I like a little bit less the full price. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I've got uh, I've got a couple of, of clients along the way who I love dearly, good people, and I know that they aren't just killing it financially and all of that. And I they didn't ask. I just discounted my service. And when you don't charge what you're worth then you always feel weird when you're working for that person. It, it changes the energy. Yeah. It changes the vibe around that person, even somebody that you really like. And that's, and the, the backwards thing is, is that's how you, you got there. You discounted them because you like them, but then it, it does weird things to the vibe. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give one other perspective on that. Okay. When I first started in this business, mm -hmm. um, a few years in actually, I had, Got in a new office, uh, and I was officing next to uh, another business owner who was about my age, and, and we'd gotten to be, you know, we see each other every morning as we come to work, saying hi at lunch, hi at the end of the day, all that. We'd gotten to be pretty friendly, and he was, he just, so this will make sense, he was a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. And if I ever just happened to mention, you know, oh, that I was, slept wrong or whatever thing he you know he insisted yeah get up on the table and and very kind mm -hmm. very kind and, and he'd do some adjustment work and all of that absolutely refused any payment whatsoever and it made the whole thing awkward because then I had to be really guarded about what I had to say because I didn't want to just sit there that's his livelihood I don't want to just sit there and ask for right free adjustments all the time I know people do that constantly to chiropractors anyway right and so it not only did it probably make him feel cheap and weird and all of that, it just kind of spoiled the whole relationship. Yeah. Yeah. There's some other weird There's things. There's other going. weird things there. Okay. But let's not do that. Yeah. That's a whole different episode. I, didn't, I did not make out with him or anything like that. <laughs> all right. So she gives some kind of uh, some resources. And she, now, this was very strong advice. She recommends. If you're in this growth mode where you're really trying to unlearn the bad stuff you have around money in your brain to spend like 30 minutes a day reading books that encourage you in uh, understanding how to mm -hmm. uh, how to acquire wealth and how to use wealth. She she said her two favorites mm -hmm. that she pulls from daily yeah. are think and grow rich mm -hmm. And the science of getting rich. Yes. And probably as you heard those titles, just like I did as I said them, 
you may have cringed a little yes, bit it because it, it says the word rich in there. Yes. It's like, oh, but no, we got to get past that. Yeah. It's it's all about man, gather gather the energy. Yes. It, it isn't about just me or just you. That and I think that's what it is. We associate money with selfishness. Mm-hmm. We associate it with greed, with doing only good for ourselves. And when we can bust out of that, there's so much freedom to explore what is possible. Yeah. So. Then this practice of doing the thing mm-hmm. when it's uncomfortable and you didn't like buying the Audi. Yeah. Doing that thing knowing that it will inspire you to begin acting correctly and, yes. and go solve the problem. Go gather the energy to take care of the issue. Again, the way you think about things informs what you do. Yes. Things, so. This is an incredible chapter that I will probably, because this, I'm a, I come from a coaching background. I probably needed this anyway, but I'm a high repetition guy. Yeah. If something is worthwhile, I'm going to spin the reps on it. Yeah. So I'm probably going to re-listen to this many times. Would you like to know that her follow-up book is called You Are a Badass with Money? It's a whole book. Wow. <laughs> I spoiled it. I didn't even know. I ruined my own birthday with gifts that were not that book. <laughs> I'll spend my last Audible credit to get it so you can listen to it. And you I know will what? too. Even if you don't have it, it's out there. It is. That energy is out there. We will get the book and figure out how to pay for it later. <laughs> Strong stuff. You, you really need, my goodness, you need to read this book. Even if you got everything right and you have no worries, read it so you can high-five yourself because you got it right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because there's a lot in there that's not about money. This was just one chapter. The chapter alone is worth the book, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. We've... We, we have talked click a lot. through these. Yeah. Okay. What could we watch? Okay. I'm just going to mention this briefly. I'm not saying it's a recommendation, but I did start watching the Unwell docuseries on Netflix. They're kind of, they're doing similar to what they did with the business of drugs where okay. they like look at the thing and break it down. And like, this is the context. And then this is what's actually going on. They're doing the same thing. The first episode straight out the gate is essential oils. I was like, why you got to come for yeah. me like that? I like my oils. Anyway, I've really only watched the first episode. It's supposedly trending on Netflix. Right. So I will Whatever swing back means. in and let you guys know what I thought about it. What you could read. Well, Think and Grow Rich and the science, was it The Science of Money? The Science of Getting Rich. The Science of Getting Rich. Yes. Um, those are two things you could read. What else could you read? If you haven't, like somebody I'm sitting next to, read The Crucible by Arthur Miller. I've taught that play many times. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I would go read it again myself. Me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that book is negative energy. I, I'm going to have to say no. Okay. Um... Listen, well, go listen to my Sharona. For sure. Maybe every morning, first thing out of bed. Why why wouldn't you? I think it's a it's a good rev yup song without getting all metal. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I'm gonna set your alarm with it. I'm okay. Gonna... So far, I don't know what's been going on. I was this gonna week. say maybe it'll help you roll out of bed. I don't know what's been going on this week. I know for a fact I've been setting my alarm. I I don't recall the last morning I heard it go off. And yeah. you have come in and be like, are you Getting up today? Is everything okay? (laughs) It plays on my biggest fear, which is that you're just going to die in your sleep. I'm going to go there with a cup of coffee, and that'll be it. So, um, listening wise, too, uh, I was going to mention that I have. Well, I'll I'll save this for another time. You sure? Yeah, it doesn't really show up today. Fine. Lifestyle. Dang, I got nothing. Well, read this chapter. There's probably a lot of stuff. Yeah. 
lifestyle, but it, you can't encompass it in a bullet point. Lifestyle. Go buy yourself the luxury car you've been wanting or the Jeep. Or the Jeep. And then you'll figure out how to Jeep. pay for it. We're going to eventually, as we sift through this and maybe read the other book too, we're going to figure out how to gather the energy to do that. Damn it. I will be a better man with a Jeep. Hell yes. All right. All right. Well, on that note, have an awesome Jeep today. <laughs> Would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. We can all agree that John Stamos is a beautiful man. If he drove a Jeep, however, there is simply no way of guessing the heights he would have reached. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.